Welcome to Beers, Business, and Balls, presented by House Enterprise, brought to you by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com. Use the code house at checkout. 20% off your order, free shipping around the world. Episode 118, Adam Hamway, the public address announcer in the New Jersey Devils, joins us this week. Um, pretty exciting week in sports, all things considered. A lot of trades going down in the NHL world, um, which we actually didn't even talk to Adam about. No trades, uh, because this is all very fresh. Um but overall, I'm going to start to see some things heat up. Uh, first of all, th- we've now entered the time where we could just sit in front of the TV and watch college basketball. Nobody would ask questions because there is another loaded slate today, tomorrow, what have you. This whole way out is going to be absolute mayhem. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, how, oh, Super Bowl hangover and, you know, we have some all-star breaks with hockey and and, uh, NBA. The only thing that really on was college basketball and a little XFL. Now it's like, oh, my God, I can't I can't keep up with stuff. Spring training. Yeah, like you mentioned, hockey deadline, which pretty much is trumping the nba deadline i I would say it's not even close yeah i i thought the nba deadline was one of the craziest ones in years past because you have guys like Kyrie and kd move and pretty much the whole landscape kind of flips like josh hart goes to the knicks now they're on a six game win streak but nhl this was a this was a time where we're seeing some moves and we're seeing a lot of money get tossed around which isn't the case normally with with hockey it's so weird i don't know if that's like indicative of the sport growing or just like more money i think it's probably the second one but it's i mean you just you just mentioned before we got on pasternak has the uh 11 11.25 a year for the next eight he is i i want someone to fact check me but i believe that makes him the highest paid hockey player of all time i feel like just a few years ago 11 million dollars was a team's total salary. <laughs> That's true. You know, but like credit at the same point, we'll talk about this later. Like credit to a lot of the vets on the Bruins for like Bergeron and crazy coming back on like minimum deals because they're like, listen, we're not going to sabotage the team. Like you never get that in any other sport except hockey. Like any team that knows sort of, Hey, we've got aging vets, but they're still good. They'll just suck it up and take the minimum and try to get a cup, which is so unique to hockey that, it's like, imagine you approach LeBron like, hey, dude, can you take five million bucks a year? He'd tell you to go fuck yourself. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, LeBron's going to have to do that in the future, you know, <clears throat> at least a 10, maybe 10 million. But he can't go on to his next team when Bronny Jr. plays and be like, I need 30 million. Because that team obviously is not in going to be in the uh, space to spend that type of money. But I'd love to see the breakdown of what hockey players make off the ice. Yeah, Easy. like endorsements and stuff. You don't. I mean, I, I might be just looking at the wrong places, but hockey endorsements aren't as as prevalent as other, you know, as other athletes. Like, you know, you can see baseball players wearing the Oakley sunglasses on the billboard or the Nike sweatbands. It's like you don't really see a lot of hockey players. Like, I would expect Connor McDavid to be plastered everywhere. Yeah. And I think it's some of it is like they're probably they target to their base. They don't like try to acquire. They don't fail miserably at acquiring new fans like they're pretty conservative in that area, like football, for example. They're everywhere because they're trying to get new fans like they're trying to get the younger generation on board. I feel like hockey, though, it has this like niche following. I don't really know. I could be wrong, but it's interesting stuff to consider. Um 
Before we get into the episode, we have some exciting news to share at the turn of March. Um, and the addition of legal sports wagering in Massachusetts, not Rhode Island, but, you know, our friends right down the road, Massachusetts, uh, our dear friends. We will be working with DraftKings in the month of March to celebrate their entrance into the New England sports wagering scene. Would you like to tell us some more? Yes. So breaking news. House Enterprise, Beers Business at Balls, and Small State Big Takes has an official sports betting partner, and it is DraftKings, like Zimmer mentions. Uh, Massachusetts sports bettors, be ready. Mobile and online sports betting goes live on March 10th, and DraftKings, DraftKings is the place to bet all things March Madness, Bruins, the Celtics playoff run, Red Sox baseball. Obviously, we're going to be betting against Red Sox baseball, but baseball <laughs> yeah, don't, they don't tell you who to bet on, right? Yeah. We, we're going to bet on Red Sox baseball, but it definitely won't be on the Red Sox. It will be on the opposite, but obviously gamble responsibly and don't put your, your house and lease on the lines, you know, 1-800-GAMBLER for those, but we're excited. I mean, this has been conversation in, you know, for the past couple months and, you know, I, I'm just proud of what we've built as a brand that, you know, we're getting an opportunity like this and, you know, DraftKings, we've mentioned it before, you know, we we use the app when we're in the available states. Uh, unfortunately, Rhode Island does not have that opportunity, even though they've made their own improvements from time to time. But DraftKings and uh, Beers Business at Balls is excited for this month, but this month of sports gambling. We're going to have some more information in the coming days, but our promo code is going to be BBB. Pretty simple enough. Uh I don't have the specifics yet of what you're going to get out of it, but it's including <laughs> registration bonuses, uh, extra bets, free bets, and plus more, you know, different rewards and stuff for first time users. So, you know, Massachusetts is very new to this landscape. There's obviously been in sports, in-person sports betting at a couple of casinos recently, uh, but DraftKings is obviously a Boston company. Um, they've grown over the past couple of years and it's exciting to, you know, see what they're doing and we're excited to work with them. So that's a big announcement. Small state, big takes just mentioned it earlier today. And, uh, you know, we're ready to roll. We are ready to roll. I look forward to hopping the border to Seekonk to place a bet or Attleboro or whatever geographically closest. Um, DraftKings it is. And you'll get some more info. That's, that's all we've got. So we just couldn't, we couldn't wait any longer. We couldn't, <laughs> yes. It's the first week of March, obviously next week is when it goes live. Uh, we cannot tell you what you're getting, but you will get something with the promo yeah. code BBB. We will have info in the coming days on what it is you exactly get, but Hey, plug in the code BBB uh, on March 10th and you might surprise yourself. Yeah. You just leave it a total mystery. Like, <laughs> Hey, you get a mystery mystery. bonus bet. Yeah. And we'll, we'll give you official lines and stuff. And, uh, a lot of great content from the house team coming up with, uh, you know, the sports betting world, but we're pumped and we appreciate DraftKings for the opportunity. Let's go. Uh, going to be mayhem March DraftKings uh, app bet responsibly. Uh, let's go to beers. Um, I would just like to shout out firstly, uh, for those that don't know, I, I was at the premier lacrosse league championship series, not the championship of the PLL, but the championship championship series. Um, and I had that. First of all, they had an awesome environment. Let me just say it was, uh, 
They had a bar down section, which is 21 plus uh, free beer with your ticket, which was so cool. Bottomless beer. You pay for the bar down ticket and you get beers. I think it was lagers and sours for as long as you could drink them. Um, I, a lot of people were walking out of there, like stumbling. They were Ubering people relax. They were not getting into cars. Um, but I want to shout out the PLL Pilsner, which is a recanning of lost laws by city state brewing down there. Um, I've never had city state before. And I was impressed. Very, very drinkable. Uh, that was our post game drink of choice uh after long days at the venue uh so city state brewing microbrewery in washington dc they have about ten thousand total check-ins this has a three six globally i'm gonna give this a three seven five it was a nice cold pilsner tasted delicious perfect to crush a few of them i could see why they were flying off the shelves at bar down uh, a lot of beer snakes going on. Billy Football, Dukes, Jake Marsh got on ESPN2 uh, with their beer snakes. Raucous environment in Springfield, Virginia last week. And a lot of it was because of the PLL Pilsner. So give me a, a 375. They did a very nice job in the can art, too. It's just very simple, white, PLL logo. It's all you needed. You knew what you were getting. Yeah, shout out to RJ, RJ Kamitsky, uh, you know, BBB, yeah, BBB pod guest. Yeah, he was uh he was killing it with the content and I saw that and I was like, that's so that's so freaking sick. That is so they wanted to put him like live in the venue while he was getting interviewed on ESPN and bar down. That would have been so cool. He's like, let me just say too, he was ripping through those beers and he his content was still very good. Like <laughs> I don't know how he did it. Meanwhile, we're at the beer festival being like, hey. <laughs> tell us about your beer that's us after like an hour at the rhode island brew fest yeah it's an acquired talent yeah um speaking of rhode island beer we have our annual our second annual rhode island best brewery bracket that's live on the instagram uh we're on the second round today so moving on from the first round we have moniker which is the reigning champion Grace sale narragansett newport shades on ragged island uh, Ravenous, Buttonwoods, Whalers, Revival, Appenog, Long Live, Proclamation, Tilted Barn, Providence Brewing Company, and 12 Guns. So I will say you are, and I haven't said this to you yet, savagery, putting the guilds in the play-in round. I get it. I agree. I fully support it. I'm surprised we did not get a lot of hate from guild supporters. Well, you know, voted by the fans. Last year, we did a randomized bracket. This year we we did uh rounds of rounds of sixteen and and seeds and stuff and that's where the cookie crumbles and they fell and uh, they made it past the playing rounds but unfortunately lost to moniker and uh, make better beer next time you will see if you can have, beat have better service and make better beer that's that's you simple see if you can uh, have the reigning champ but the guild has so many supporters that like they there were a lot of votes for them last year I think they were in the elite eight or final four. I think Elite Eight. I think Elite Eight. I believe the final four was actually I will tell you right now who the final four was last year. But I agree. It's tough shit. Make a better impression on us. Yeah. The final four last year was Ravenous, Moniker, Newport, and Proclamation. Yeah. I would expect some similar results. 
this year, but hey, who knows? Maybe we'll get surprised. We might get surprised. So in honor of that, I will not be rating a Rhode Island beer. Um, but I will, uh, two weekends ago, I was up in New Hampshire uh, with Paige's family and they're big craft beer drinkers. And they brought stuff from Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Maine, Vermont, New York, you name it. So I, I had a ton of beer and one that actually really stuck out to me, which um, I was, was impressed with. It was from Magnify Brewing Company in Fairfield, New Jersey. And it was a Choco Taco Mind Over Matter Milk Stout. Oof. Wow. Double chocolate milk stout inspired by the discontinued ice cream brewed with lactose, cocoa nibs, vanilla, peanut butter, and waffle cone. And this slapped. That sounds delicious. This, this slapped. I have I have an extra one for you. I did bring them. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, it surprisingly, they only have 312 reviews on untapped um, for that specific beer. Uh, their brewery has a 4.03 overall. I gave this a 4.25 because it was, you know, we we really kind of brushed upon the stout season as we always touted on this podcast because this winter has been kind of mild. But up in New Hampshire at the Ice Castles, it was cold. It was chilly. So nothing beats a nice heavy stout to cap off the evening in the cold. Um, and Choco Taco Mind Over Matter gets a 4.25 out of 5 for me. I... Can't tell you the last time I had a Choco Taco. And it's obviously discontinued now, yeah. but <clears throat> I I was always at the ice cream truck back as a kid. Yeah, what was your go-to when you had when you got ice cream? Oh, I well, on the ice cream truck, if it's Mr. Softy, which is a New York special, <laughs> you have to go milkshake or soft serve because they just it just it just hits. Shout out to Dr. Mamet, our Mr. <laughs> Softy guy in Long Island, who Dr. would always yeah, who would always come via the phone. You text him, be like, yo, Mamet, doc. And it was first Mamet, and then he got his doctorate. So Dr. Mamet, he, <laughs> he created an empire. But you'd be like, yo, Mamet, I'm at this address. You want to come? Five minutes. All of a so sudden. did he get his doctorate to to have an ice cream truck or what? I don't know. I don't <laughs> I am. I am not. I am not sure the specifics, but um. He has an empire. He has like three trucks now, but he, he, you would call him and be like, Hey, Mehmet, we coming through and he'd come through. So if it was Mr. Softy, I would do that. Regular ice cream truck, not necessarily a summer item, but the cookie sandwich and the yellow packet. Yeah. That's, Just, so it, that's my, th- that was the toll house one, the yellow yeah. packet. I always did just the standard Chipwich brand. That was my go-to. I think it was a blue wrapper. Well, I like I like that one that has the chocolate chips around it. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. both. I think they both. I didn't really have too much like Toll House of those, but I like vacation. Growing up, uh, every year went to Wildwood Crest, New Jersey, all the way down near Cape May, like halfway between Cape May and Atlantic City, basically. And ice cream truck would come around. At like three and then also at like 9 p.m. And the 9 p.m. chip, which just absolutely fucking slapped. Yeah. Anybody who got the SpongeBob popsicles. I will say I liked it just for the gumball. The gumball was trash, though. It was always hard. It was always stale. The the ice cream would drip. The ice cream would drip down your hand. You'd make yeah. a mess of yourself. And they never tasted good. There is one, though, that... 
was messy, but fucking slapped. The push pop. Yeah, okay. I do. I remember that. The push pop. My goodness gracious. That was, again, messy. And it always, the paper was always wet. But if you got it right in the spot where it's like you push enough out that you can bite it off. It's like a melted sorbery flavor. Mm. Yeah, you, it's that uh, kind of like yeah. the wrapper looks like Wonder Bread. It's those circles, like, and you just push it up. Wow, yeah. that you just unlocked so many memories for me. Yeah, we're gonna have to. We'll have to find one in the summer and do a, a full a full review. And and right at uh Second Street Beach, we'll be like, okay, live live ice cream truck review. It's just gonna be all Dells. Just some ice cream trucks that come through there. Yeah. We'll have well, to come, yeah, we'll come back to that. Let's come back to that. Right, you unlocked so much for me. Unreal. Yeah. Um, not a lot going on in business this week, so let's get to uh, our guest, Adam Hamway. Super interesting dude. He's, he's worn a bunch of hats, um, and I felt like we just kept learning more about him as this interview went on. Car enthusiasts, costumes, um, but most notably the public address announcer for the New Jersey Devils. So let's bring in Adam Hamway. All right, everybody, with us this week, we're joined by Adam Hamway, uh, comedian, actor, car enthusiast, which we've now learned, and PA announcer of the New Jersey Devils. So, Adam, welcome to the show, and how's everything going? Uh, everything's going great. Thank you guys for having me on the show. I appreciate it. So, we're going to hit you with the hard-hitting journalism question first. Obviously, a man Let's who wears many it. hats, but, you know, who is Adam Hamway? Who am I? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. I've got many, there's many different layers and sides, as my wife will tell you. Um, but it makes things interesting, you know, because she, you know, everything's always thrown out. There's actually something else I'd say. I've done costume gigs. I've done costume gigs as well, too. Throw it at me. I, if there's a side job out there, I've probably done it. I've, I do a lot of side jobs. Uh, my last costume that i wore um i didn't even tell you guys about this a side job costume gig that i did what was i gosh um i know i was spider-man for one i had to play the a, a beef eater guy character once um i don't know if you guys know what that is uh it's like a you know you don't know talking you guys have no, no. Idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, losing me on anyway this one. i'm sorry this i'm i destroyed the whole thing yeah. Destroyed the whole the whole <laughs> show's gone off the rails already. That is my goal. I always like to let make sure shows go off the rails. So I've succeeded hey, already. This is a perfect show for that. We we keep things light, and you know there really are no rails here on the Beer okay. Balls podcast. So you're you're in the right place. You've obviously you're a man that's worn many hats, um, but you know it, it started. I feel like a lot of your endeavors started. You know, mid to late two thousands. You know, you're at Quinnipiac for a year. You're at Hofstra. Mm -hmm. And that's when you sort of got into to to all of the fun things you do, like acting, impressionism, mm -hmm. uh, getting into comedy. So what got you into that world? And, and was that ever your original ambition when you were back in college? Yeah, I mean, so uh, so when I so when I, I have to go back to high school to get to college. So for the story. So in high school, even previous to that, my brothers and I, we were all we loved Saturday Night Live. And the one person on SNL at the time, uh, Will Ferrell, was just the best. And he wasn't like a he was in a lot of sketches. And I was like, this guy's going to be something like big, like huge. I don't know. You could just and every I'm sure a lot of people that watch that watched SNL at the time 
you know, people were gravitated towards him and you could see like how successful he was. So um, when I was in high school, people always told me you got to do something with your voice. And that always resonated with me. Um, teachers would say that uh, my choir, choir teacher would say that. And, uh, you know, loving SNL uh, and Will Farrell. Will Farrell actually studied uh, uh, broadcast journalism, sports journalism in, in college, but also look at what he ended up doing. He was on SNL. So I loved that, that he did something with his voice where, you know, he utilized like his skills and abilities and he had this job that was still cool and you were still, you know, in front of the camera, not behind the scenes. And so I was like, what a cool job it just got me thinking you know uh about a job that i could have and envision uh if like comedy didn't work out but also going back to using your voice i started doing uh, public address announcing for my high school uh you know basketball team because my brother nick loved uh, the new york knicks and uh i i wouldn't say i mean I don't know if I was really like a Chicago Bulls fan, but I liked the Bulls because of my brother liking the Knicks and he was my older brother. And how do you hate Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan's the best. He's the GOAT. So I love Michael Jordan. And so we would always watch those games together. And I loved uh, the starting lineup uh, for the Chicago Bulls and loved PA announcing. And I wanted to do that. And so I would do like, it was almost like an impression. And that's where that whole thing started with doing impressions and characters. So it all kind of like blends together where I'm doing impressions and, and I was doing impressions of, uh, you know, uh, teachers in high school and it was just all coming together. And so I just wanted to perform and, you know, combine, all these different things, but also the main thing was use your voice. Uh, I had to be, I had to use my voice because people always say that throughout my life. And also people still to, even to this day, and I, I've done, you know, my own podcast, podcast myself, but everybody's like, oh, are you on the radio? Are you doing anything like that? I go, no. And I do work in radio, but like, no, I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, forward facing when it comes to that. But, uh, but yeah, it's always, your voice, they like my voice. So I'm, I'm trying to use my voice as many, as much as I can. So that that's in a nutshell. Did I answer your question? Yes. It's all over the place. What were some of those early, you know, breaks either in the acting or impersonating worlds or even in your, yeah. you know, your broadcast career that, you know, got you onto the trajectory trajectory of where you are today? Um, so I was always working on impressions, um, and a goal of mine was Saturday Night Live, and I still did PA announcing because I love sports, and I was doing that. But when I was in uh, college, I was working on different types of impressions. I was, you know, I, I, but you also have to work within your your range, so you don't have a deeper voice. And so I would just work on all of those different types of people that were within my range, you know, and also at the time, like, uh, like uh, George W. Bush was, uh, was, a, you know, <laughs> uh, he was a, a really, uh, a, a really, you know, he, I was a president. I was a president of the United States, uh, the Ustedes Americanos. And so I, I would do impressions all the time. And so, I would do like, uh, you know, George Bush. And also that was a Will, Will Ferrell did George Bush. And so, you know, there was a lot of these things. I'm like, if he could do it, I, maybe I can. And so I would do all these different things. You know, I, did I will. A, so I think we will crown you the best George Bush impression on the show. Ever. Okay. Well, I appreciate that, uh, <laughs> uh, Jack uh, Zimmer. <laughs> so really good there. Uh, William, William Tudeau, Tundo. 
<laughs> you guys are great. Love it. <laughs> you guys want you guys you guys uh, know that I, I drive my uh, my MB around the house and Laura always brings me lemonade. My MB is my mountain bike. <laughs> that's what that's, I that's actually scary good. That's that's a little too real for me. <laughs> I can't really use it. It's just not out there. But anyway, so I I was working on all these all these different things and you know, with with impressions, you always have like your lead in uh, words that you would use to get into the character and stuff like that. And so I'd be practicing doing different impressions, going from one impression to another impression. And I would do shows where I would, you know, kind of do like a, a, a stand up set where I'd have uh, all these different impressions, like talking to one another and I was performing um you know throughout college and and doing these in college and then i'd also uh, studied uh, operate citizens brigade and doing uh improv because a lot of the people that uh like amy poehler and you know a lot of other many many people and uh my good friend john milheiser he got on snl and so we've you know you um, i just did you know uh ucb in in hopes that i would get on snl and i did in fact audition for snl because i was um i just signed up for twitter and uh jimmy fallon he was on late night with jimmy fallon at the time and he posted he said hey oh, if you can do impressions come down to Times square uh, love to have you we're just doing uh, just asking people to just come up so i was like oh my gosh i gotta do this so i was working at sirius xm at the time and so i told you know the show that I was producing, I was like, guys, I can't, I got to do this at like 10 o'clock in the morning. So I popped over there. It was in Times Square and where I was for, uh, you know, Sirius XM was only like a couple blocks away. And so I went over to Times Square as the first person there and, uh, you know, signed whatever paperwork and they wanted me to read Harry, little, you know, little excerpts, Harry Potter as like Snoop Dogg, because they saw that I could do, you know, Snoop Dogg. And so it was really funny to like read Harry Potter as Snoop Dogg. And like, I would change some of it. But like, I was on. So like, for some reason, I, I don't know, you're like, you're in this moment where you change, I changed the end of one of the lines so that it would rhyme. And it was just amazing. It was just really, really cool. So I did that. I did a couple of other ones. And so I was doing these impressions. And then they just, it just resonated. And all these people around us were just like gathering. It was like a horseshoe of people that gathered around us there in Times Square, right where that TKTS uh, booth is. And then from there, I got a uh, an audition for SNL because one of the producers from Late Night with Jimmy Fallon saw what I was doing. And they're like, hey... Do you, would you like to uh, send in a reel? They sent in a reel, which was uh, composed of characters and impressions, at least three of each. Put it together, had some, my buddies uh, film it for me uh, from Hofstra University and uh, while I was going there. And then I yeah submitted that. So you had two really unique yeah. experiences to go and audition for these sorts of things, right? Even yeah. if you didn't get mm -hmm. casted, what, of course. what was that like and... You know, how did that benefit you for the long term? You know, what, what did you learn from that? It's a screen test. They want to see what you're like on screen. You know, they put makeup on you. They put you out there. Then you do your characters. You do your impressions. Then they want to see if like either you you fit or you never know what they're looking for. But it's a screen test. But I don't know. Around the same time is when and I had her back from SNL. But they also, you know, called me up and asked me if I wanted to, you know, if I was available to audition for 30 Rock. And that didn't that didn't happen either. But it was cool because now you're saying like, okay, well, you know, what, what you, you always have to listen, you know, you're you have to listen to people. Like people said, use your voice. Right. So I'm like listening to people. Um, but also you have to enjoy, you know, what you're being told as well too. Cause I think if you don't enjoy it, 
uh, then it's not going to work. And it's kind of weird, but like, I think you're doing things well because you enjoy it. So if people are telling you to use your voice more, it's because you enjoy or you have an ability and it's like, it's, you're, it's working for you. And so doing impressions, um, seemed to work for me and doing uh solo work worked for me because look at the auditions that were happening. Right. So it kind of told me, Hey, I got to start doing stuff on my own and not because I was a part of a sketch group and, doing all these other things. I need to focus on doing impressions and characters and, you know, just solo work too. And so I was working on that and I would just, you know, do more solo shows. And I don't know. It was just a fun time that I was doing like solo work and, and it was great. And, uh, I really enjoyed it. And I think I was learning more about myself and like what I really like to do, what I, what I don't like to do. And in all the middle of this, right, you're still doing all this PA announcing stuff too. So how did that fit in between all of this? It's resonating. Like people are responding to me doing public address announcing. So while that's all going on, you know, when I, after college, uh, you know, before the SNL stuff, I got linked up with, uh, you know, doing stuff for Quinnipiac University, doing, uh, you know, PA announcing for like hockey and basketball, but also I'm doing uh, U.S. band stuff, um, you know, drum corps international stuff. So U.S. bands is high school marching band events, which are all, you know, in the Northeast. And then you also have drum corps international, which is all across the country. But uh, the Allentown uh, cadets, um, they hosted events in the Northeast. So I would do different events. And also, I'd, you know, be announcing at like MetLife Stadium and all these other things as well, too. So it was a lot of that that was going on behind the scenes while I'm still doing the comedy stuff. Well, I, I want to go back a little oh, bit. You, know, you, you mentioned a, a Snoop Dogg impersonation and you didn't oh. break out into character. I know. I know you guys wanted to hear it. Snoop Dogg, word. All right. Well, that's that was my question. Thank you for coming on the show. <laughs> you and, got it. Uh, have a good Goodbye. Night. That's <laughs> all. This whole yeah. thing was about. You just wanted to hear that. You're yeah. doing a lot in this in your young part of your career. What one gave you? What opportunity gave you like the most excitement? And what opportunity also was like, mm. okay, I I feel confident in my voice and I feel confident in my work. I know that I have a future ahead. For the acting, uh, I would say. And for doing for comedy, it was the moment where I was in Times Square with with Jimmy Fallon doing that. That was w one of the highlights of my life because it was just incredible. You're like in this zone, this moment where I don't know, you're just on. It's just clicking. Things are happening. Like I said, when when I was doing reading, uh, you know, Harry Potter as as a soup dog, it was like I was on. You know, you're just you're in a zone. It was weird. It was it was incredible. So that was a great moment. That like clicked which helped me to decide I need to do more solo work and really focus on myself because you can manage your own time. And if you're working with other people, it's hard to get together. It's hard to like actually accomplish things. So I feel like I accomplished more by working by myself because you're your own boss and you can get stuff done. When you work with a group, you're also relying them to be on the same level as you. And sometimes they may not be, you could be under them and then they're getting more uh, recognition than yourself or the other way around. Right. So it's like, if you're on the same level base of, uh, abilities, then it's fine, but it's really hard to find that. That's why I think a lot of comedic duos or whatever, even if it's a, a sketch group aren't really, they only go so far. Like you don't think of like, you don't think of a duo that like really works well. Like I only know, I mean, uh, friends of mine, uh, Chris and Paul show, like they're, they're on the same level of of abilities. So, but it's really hard. So what I'm saying is that to find that and click with somebody like that is really, really rare and not saying it's not possible, but I think it's, it's very rare. So I thought, okay, I'm going to focus on working with my working, you know, 
on my own abilities and, and focusing on that. So then after that sort of phase in your life, That's that moment. Uh, you're at Quinnipiac, you know, you're, yeah. you're PAing over there, you know, you're doing your, your comedic work and all that good stuff. Uh, you yeah. know, you're dabbling in the acting space and then the Rangers call you and get involved uh, over there. So yeah. This was sort so, of your first pro gig, if you will. Oh, totally. Oh, How absolutely. Did you get in the chair at Madison Square Garden, too. Oh, so, um, so I was I worked at uh, I was working at Sirius XM, um, and so while I was there, I'd be I, you know, I would talk with a lot of people at Sirius XM, and the person that I spoke with was uh, Joe Tollison, who is the PA announcer for the for the New York Rangers, and so. He and I got to talking and he loves marching band and he knew I was, you know, doing PA work and he just asked me, he goes, Hey, you know, we're looking for a backup for the New York Rangers. Would that be something that you would want, you know, would want to do consider and stuff? And I said, yeah, of course. And so they brought me in and I, you know, spoke on the PA system and, and, uh, auditioned for them. And then it, uh, they said, yeah. And so I was a backup, but I shadowed too, because there are differences and you just want to make sure that you're a good backup. And obviously it's more than, as you know, Jake, it's more than just the game. There's a lot of the other stuff that happens. Um, you know, you, you have, uh, the games and the breaks and then also these reads and these ads, it's a lot of that and, uh, it's tricky. And so if you've never read it before, so I like getting things in advance, I'm a preparer. I, I, when I do something, I give it my 110% because I want to master it as, you know, like an impression. I want to master it. I have to be all involved. It has to be perfect. So I'm just learning all of these different things. And I would shadow more than I probably had to, or, you know, they want it, you know, it's like, I oh, you don't need to shadow anymore. No, I'm back. I want to come back to do more, you know, shadow more. And so then I was a backup and, you know, for, for the Rangers for a uh, number of years. And then after that, you get a call from the New Jersey Devils. How did that all go down? I was in Nashville, uh, Tennessee. And while I was there this uh, past summer, and while I was there, I got an email asking if I would, there was an opportunity with the Devils and if I would uh, consider it. And I said, uh, yes. So then they, you know, they asked me the typical, are you available for, you know, 41 games, there's preseason, you know, the uh, that, that stuff. And then uh, eventually I auditioned and then it chose me to be their guy so i guess from a, a pa perspective yeah. um obviously you you've you've been to the mecca in madison square garden now you're at the prudential center how are those environments you know from your perspective of like sitting there in the chair announcing mm -hmm. these games is it you know can you feel the crowd or is it more tucked away because of the location of where you are that you're so, in your world or is it well, a both or so when you're down there between the penalty boxes it's great because you just you it's this feeling like nothing else obviously doing my first you know uh nhl game you know you're there and it's just wild you know everything's happening and right in front of you and you've got these players going to the penalty boxes and you've got the you know, timekeeper and, you know, all these guys that are just like right in front of that from the NHL, like they're all, it's like all happening. They're coming over, they're telling you the penalties before they go, you know, announce it and stuff like that. You're getting information a little bit quicker, like in that way. But I don't, and I think every organization does things differently because, you know, how you're told, you know, uh, uh, goal calls and, you know, penalty stuff, which I mean, penalties, you just hear it from the ice when, the, if the refs might work, work, sometimes they don't, but down there is different. And, and I think you can't see plays form. 
and you can't anticipate things happening. Whereas I think when you're up high, you can anticipate and see like, okay, a goal might be called or a, oh yeah, that's a penalty. You know, you can see all of that stuff when you're up higher. Um, and, and, uh, and also you're close to everybody else. That's important. You know, the producer, you know, and the, and the director, like you're all, you're with everybody. Um, so if you have a question or something like they're right there, which is awesome. The Devils are on a tear, obviously. They're having a, an mm-hmm. historic season. Personally for you, what have been some of your favorite moments in the chair at, at the Rock this year? And, you know, was there a moment that stood out that maybe said like, wow, this this is like something crazy yeah. unfold? Well, in the, outside of, I guess, you know, the game within itself, uh, this past uh, Saturday, they celebrated their uh, reunion 20th uh, anniversary of the 2003 Stanley Cup uh championship champions they, they uh became the champions 20 years ago and it was it was such a crazy event they had uh the alumni were back and uh they had the stanley cup in the house so it was just a really cool event and then the first like nine thousand fans got this uh really weighty replica ring i gotta show you this thing it's so cool i don't know if you can you see that look at this oh, sweet and it's a weight there's weight to it i didn't know uh, what it was going to be like, but it's it's got you. You hear it on the desk. You hear yeah, it. That's real. But anyway, that's some serious metal. So anyway, serious metal. So, um, I thought it was. It's just. It was such a cool moment to be a part of because you have the uh the attention of everybody in that arena. You know, it's starting lineup. I don't know. Sometimes you know, you hope that everybody's attentive for that. Some people might be going to get a hot dog. I don't know before they get, you know, get to their seats. Um, but, and obviously gameplay, but you know, people are sometimes milling about, but for this, it was like, everybody was attentive. They wanted to be there. They had to make sure everybody was in their seats by a certain time and to be a part of this because you get the whole thing, you know, there's the, uh, everybody's coming out you say a little blurb about all the, all the players that are coming out. It was just a cool cool event to be a part of and it was just it's one of my favorite memories uh, as of recent was that but i love feeding off of you know the the energy of the arena as i'm sure you do jake i think the, the fans are just so excited and uh you know especially with everything that's been going on i just you know the rock is rocking you guys gotta come out you gotta experience this will can you help me out here <laughs> i'm a usb arena guy unfortunately Okay. Oh, rock the, the Islanders are my team. Okay. I'll go. I'll go see games, of course. Oh, but okay. I, I got to rep my rep my team, of course. Rep my colors. I understand. I want to address something from directly from Twitter. Um, oh. Oh no. Before every single Devils game, from my count, you post that screenshot of that Sega system, and it yeah. shows the two logos of the teams playing. Oh now, no. I think everybody <laughs> needs to know what the secret is because this thing was not around. Everybody needs so, to know how the Vegas Golden Knights logos and the Kraken logos <laughs> and all the stuff that was clearly oh not gosh. around when the Sega system no. gets on that Sega. So people, I was trying to look for an updated version of this. Uh, you're you're going to, this is going to, it's going to crash. This is going to crash and burn here. You just ruined, you're going to ruin everything, Jake. So let's just say that I uh, have programs on my, on my computer. I've tried to look for an updated version of the, uh, that Game Gear um, game, NHL Hockey. I can't find it. Because so I thought somebody told me, and I may have heard them wrong, and I searched, scoured the internet for an updated version of that with like the 
you know, updated teams and logos and everything. I couldn't find it, Jake. And I'm sorry that this is probably not what you'd expected. You really thought that I finagled the game. And well, you did something. It's just Photoshop. It's, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I failed you. Bad day for your Twitter followers. Yeah, they all were like, what? You got the updated version. Like, what? How is that possible? Like, And then I'm like, wait, is there one? What did I miss? And I can't find it. But anyway. Adam Hamway, appreciate you coming on the show. Um, Thank you. How can fans get to a, a Devils game this year? How can they keep up with what you're doing and anything else you'd like to plug? Just go to NewJerseyDevils.com. Um, you could also follow me on the Twitter and the Instagram at Adam Hamway. I post, uh, you know, just starting lineups for, for the Devils from the games, their home games, as well as uh, three stars of the night of the game um, or the day, if it's a day game. Um, but yeah, I record all of the goals as well, too. I just... I. I have not posted them, but I have them all. It's hard to like the other night when they had seven seven goals, you know, against the Flyers. You know, the, the Devils. I recorded all of them, um, and I I make like this montage, or at least I did for the first half of the season, and I just sped it all up. Well, check yeah, out Adam is... Hemway's uh, socials. Keep up with him as he's just plugged. Adam, appreciate your Thank time, you. and best of luck to the Devils, but not too much luck. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> you just you just end it. <laughs> and that was just Adam Hanway, uh, Devils PA announcer. Interesting guy, interesting interview, and uh, we appreciate him for coming on the show. And uh, you know, hopefully the Devils do well, but not too well because we got other other interests in mind. That's I, I agree. I the Devils look. It's a great story. You can afford to rebuild and just like have a few bad years when you're in Newark, New Jersey. You know, like yeah. if you're in New York. Boston to any Canada team you've got fans calling for your head well Frank the Tank Fleming actually called for Lindy Ruff's head last year and now he's happy so he had to recant on his take that he gave right here on Beer's Business and Balls not good yeah well he's right with other stuff I mean the the Nets did implode yeah well he was definitely right about Steve Trash as he called him he was definitely right about the Nets Frank was um, right. Frank, <laughs> he was Frank, right about Frank, the Mets too. Actually, Frank was right. He gets a lot of hate, but he is right. He's just a fan, and uh, again, his Mets are—they're money spenders right now. They—they—they they, they have a lot, but I'm excited when Darren Ruff strikes out and the content that's going to be out of that. Oh, good. Because Lord. for some reason, like the Mets have built this super team, and then are like, we are all in on Darren Ruff. It's literally the equivalent of the Yankees being like, we are all in on IKF Donaldson and Hicks. That's unbelievable. I can't believe it. That's just disgusting. Um, a lot of MLB coming out shortly. We'll probably talk some MLB next week. Um, we alluded we to this at the time. Our, we, st- we still need to do our quarterbacks. We do, we're, I'm putting that off. <laughs> we are. We, we gotta do that. We'll do that next week. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do quarterbacks next week. Fuck it. Yeah. We'll we'll get Law Bay in here. We'll figure out what we're gonna. We yeah, our, I think we'll do we that. Do our, our our mock draft with our NFL guys. Yeah, so we've got some NFL stuff reprising this year, so that'll be fun. Um, but to wrap up our show, the NHL trade deadline, as we mentioned, was crazy. All right, there's a lot of crazy shit going on. Um, Rangers made a huge trade for Patrick Kane, who a lot of people are saying, "Hey, that's probably the guy that puts them over the edge this year." Um, 
Lightning made some moves. The Bruins picked up uh, Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway from Washington. They also just re-signed David Pasternak to an eight-year, $90 million extension. Um, a lot of crazy shit going on. A lot of crazy shit. Um, yeah. Oh, and also Jonathan Quick got traded. Yeah, in the middle of the night. That was weird. It's 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 crazy because hockey, I feel like, is a very loyal sport for the most part. Especially not even like the play like the players are loyal loyal to their team, and in free agency, if stuff happens, it happens because obviously money talks. But I also feel like there is not a lot of like in baseball, you know. Like, for example, the Orioles trade Trey Mancini, right? Like, that happens more frequent in hockey. You know, seeing Patrick Kane and, and Quick get moved at the deadline, those are staples of the 2010s for those teams. I mean, they would not win the Cups that they have without those two players, respectively. So, crazy, crazy stuff. But I'm looking on our DraftKings app. Use promo code BBB. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> DraftKings go now. Uh, team futures for the championship. So Bruins are at plus four seventy five. Avalanche are at plus six hundred. Hurricanes are plus six fifty. Maple Leafs plus eight fifty. Rangers at plus eleven hundred. Lightning at twelve hundred. Devils at thirteen hundred. Knights and Oilers at fourteen hundred. Um, stars at fifteen hundred. Hmm. Give me the Bruins. I, I, uh, how many President Cup trophy winners? I, I don't know the number, and I, it's going to stay that way. I, I don't want to make an informed decision on this because it'll talk me out of betting. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see in the next couple of weeks on how uh, these teams with new acquisitions, you know, perform, but. The Rangers at plus 1100 is, is one I would definitely keep an eye on. And I hate to say that. That's going to be a popular bet because I mean, that team is kind of bulletproof, right? They have, well, you never know what you're going to get with Capo Caco. Like, you know, that first line is, is good. Right. But it's like Caco had some questions. Lafreniere, uh, Panarin has been great. I think Kane puts this like that, that, is a fantastic offensive team with Patrick Kane. Now it's a matter of like, does he fit chemistry wise, which I think he probably wouldn't have said yes to this trade if he didn't. Um, yeah. A lot of weird shit going on. The coyotes finally imploded. They trade Chikrin. They trade uh, Shane Ghost despair. They basically traded their entire team. Um, yeah. Weird move from the blue jackets to get Jonathan quick though. I, I don't like that for either of them because the Kings wanted Gavrikov. Who's one of their better defenders. And the Kings part with their goalie like and they've got Phoenix Copley, who's been pretty much like GK one. But that's fucking weird. You you trade your your top goalie. Or the guy that's been there for all this time for a defenseman that might help you get over the edge. I don't know. I don't know. It's probably a good trade for them. They probably wanted to do it, but it's just weird. I like quick. I know quick's a quick's a good goalie. Good goalie. It's had a weird year, though. So uh, this was so much better than the NBA tra trade deadline. There was every team that's in it made some moves. And they made some big moves, I'd argue. Um, Islanders got Bo Horvat a couple weeks ago. Devils picked up a couple guys. It's interesting. It's going to be crazy.
Anything Roger. else for uh, anything else that you would like to discuss in sports before we close out for the week? No, let's wrap it up for the week. Big, big, big stuff ahead. Big stuff yeah. ahead. Let's do it. Um, that'll be all. That's episode one eighteen. Keep your eyes out for DraftKings info. So long, everybody. Take it easy. Mm-hmm.